0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Weird Tales Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, this week, we are bringing you a, a story by a trans woman named Jessica Amanda Salmonson. It's a pretty weird story, and I don't i don't mean that in, like, the usual, like, weird fiction-y sort of way, um, but uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, I'm going to just turn it over to Caroline and, and let her take you on home. Thanks for listening. My name is Caroline Minx. I'm a voice actor, obviously, and you can hear me as Zahava on This Planet Needs a Name, Janine on Light Hearts, Minx on Hughes and Minx Ghost Detectives, and Sister Mary on Me, My Demon, and I. I also create podcasts. I co-create Light Hearts and Hughes and Minx, and I am also the writer and director of the upcoming Seen and Not Heard, which is a story about a woman dealing with sudden deafness in her early 30s. As a queer, hard-of-hearing creator, I am acutely aware of the importance of representation and diversity in our media. I highly encourage anyone listening to seek out stories about people who are unlike you and expand your world. Parakeet by Jessica Amanda Sammonson Clady opened the door, reached out, yanked me into her apartment, slammed the door, and breathed hoarsely. Have a seat she said brusquely. Am I glad you could come over? I I didn't know who else to call. Sure. It's okay, I said as I plopped into a stuffed chair, springs loose in its seat. What's the trouble? She pointed to the drapery rod. The drapes were closed. A blue-shell parakeet sat in the middle of the rod. Streaks of parakeet shit proved the beastie had been perching there a while. Clyde whispered, We've got to catch him. No problem. Got a net? Shh. We've got to catch him and wring his neck. The parakeet stepped sideways along the rod, trying to get closer to where Claddie was whispering. I noticed a dry, round parakeet dropping on the arm of the stuffed chair and moved my hand away from it. Claddie pulled back the cuff of her blouse's sleeve and said, See what he did? Her wrist looked as though she had tried to slit it by means of a house key instead of a razor. She had a history of suicide attempts, so I wasn't much surprised. She spread her finger and thumb to show me the sensitive, fleshy part that had a crust of blood on both sides. "'He bit all the way through?' I said, looking at the small but chilling wound. "'He's gotten vicious.' "'She tried to get to me first, said the parakeet, still up on the rod, but by now behind where I was sitting.' "'Shut up, stupid shit!' yelled Clyde. "'You're the shit! You're the shit!' said the parakeet as he fluttered downward like a hawk. He came right over my head and for a fraction of a second was in Clyde's face. Then he sped to the top of the draperies, to the far end away from us. Clyde's nose had a half-dozen tiny white welts. "'You see?' she said with an almost calm exasperation. "'He wants to kill me.' "'She tried to kill me first the parakeet exclaimed. I said I didn't know you taught your bird to talk. I didn't. Well, he certainly has picked up some unusual phrases. It's almost like a conversation. Yes, it is, but he's lost his mind. So we... she dropped her voice. So we've got to kill him. Couldn't you give him away? He knows all my secrets. I can't give him to anyone. Besides, he's too dangerous. (laughs) Ha ha ha! laughed the parakeet, puffing out his feathers and bobbing his head like a playful, innocent fellow. You've seen what he did to my wrist, and just now he tried to get to my eyes. Nose, I corrected. You've got to help me get him. It won't be easy. I stood from the chair and looked up at the bird. I stuck out one finger sideways and said, Here, birdie birdie! Here, birdie birdie! He flew right down to my finger and started preening. See? Nothing to it, I said, turning a smiling face to Clyde. Hold him, quick! Oh, look out! Ow! I exclaimed and shook my hand before I could control my response. The parakeet fluttered across the room and landed on the edge of a lampshade. The shade wobbled. Mean little bugger, I remarked, putting the tiny wound to my mouth. I hadn't seen Clyde get the broom, but she had one. She batted at the bird. She gave it a good whack, but the broom straws parted enough that the bird was hardly dazed. He was flung from the lampshade, but caught himself in midair before the lamp had fallen all the way to the floor. She was swinging the broom left and right, but the bird was too close to her face. She gave a terrible yell, and I saw that the parakeet had gotten hold of her lower eyelid. As she dropped the broom and grabbed the bird, she was unable to pull it loose. "'Oh, jeez! Oh, Christ!' she wailed pathetically. "'He's got my eye! Do something! Do something!' I stepped forward and snapped my index finger right in the parakeet's left eye. He let go, squawked, and chattered. "'You'll pay for that!' He started biting at Clyde's finger. Clyde's blood was pouring over his feathers and down her hand, but she wouldn't let go. "'Allow me,' I said as I grabbed the fellow's head. "'Ouch! Ouch!' screamed his elfin voice. "'Don't squeeze my ears!' "'Birds don't have ears,' I said. "'My ears! My ears!' He couldn't get his hard, curved beak at Clyde or me. She continued to hold his body and eye his head. "'What do we do with him now?' I asked. "'I'll squeeze the life out of him,' she replied, her voice gravelly and weird. Her old wounds had started bleeding again, adding to the gush of blood from the new ones. She gritted her teeth and started squeezing. "'Ouch! Ouch! It hurts! It hurts!' chattered the parakeet. Clyde, that's cruel!' I said. Don't let go of his head. Ouch! Ouch! I will let go if you keep torturing him like that. He's just a bird. She stopped squeezing. You don't understand, do you? You think he just knows those random sentences? Don't let go of his head. Listen, he's too smart by a long shot. He's evil. No, I'm not. I'm just a bird. Don't kill me. Yes, you are. You're evil. Look what you did to my eye. My eye hurts too, he whined. I'll fix you and I'll fix your fat girlfriend while I'm at it. See what I mean? said Clay. He means to blind both of us if he can. He's an awful little shit. Emma what? Let go of my ears. Don't let go. I'm holding on, I said. Who taught him to talk? He just knows how. I didn't know about it for a long time. He kept it a secret. But he started talking in his sleep. He talked about killing me if I didn't give him a better brand of birdseed, or change his watering tube more often. He didn't mean to let me know he could talk, but he couldn't control himself in his sleep. So I learned he wanted to kill me, it was him or me, that's all. She tried to poison me, the parakeet argued on his own behalf, but I could smell the poison. It was the same stuff she used on the ants. Don't go taking sides with her, she started it. You threatened to kill her, I pointed out, we all have big dreams. Said the parakeet philosophically, "Early morning was a clean cage." All the same," said Clady, "your dream was to kill me, so I have to kill you before you get the opportunity." Clady and I walked with coordinated steps into the kitchen, where she used a free hand to get a tall, clear glass canister of spaghetti. She dumped the spaghetti on the counter. "Okay," she said, "in the buzzard goes." We dropped him in the glass container and she corked it. He fluttered up and down the length of the tall jar, trying to knock the cork out with his bulging forehead or get hold of it with his beak. Good, she said. Now he can suffocate. The muffled cries from inside the jar were pitiful. Help! Let me out! Save me! Oh, you bitches! You'll get yours! Help! Somebody! Murderers! Must have belonged to a sailor. I remarked. "'Don't be dense,' said Clyde. "'Can't you see he's as smart as you or I? He's some kind of mutant, or he's possessed, I don't know.' "'Sell him to science!' "'I told you, he knows my secrets. We'll just let him suffocate.' "'The cork is porous,' I said. "'He might have plenty of air.' "'Then we'll fill the jar with water,' she said, inspired. She turned to the sink and turned on the hot water tap. She waited until it was good and scalding. Then she pulled the cork out far enough to allow hot water into the container. Ow! Oh, ouch! No! Help! What are you trying to do to me? Take that, you little creepy, devil possessed mutant chicken! <laughs> <laughs> Clady was losing her mind. The soaked, scalded bird flopped around and shouted while she kept laughing. She wasn't paying enough attention to the top of the container, so that the hot water scalded her own fingers. She suddenly let go of the tall, thin jar, and it shattered in the sink. She groped for the flopping, complaining bird, but got hold of some of the broken glass instead. The bird darted over the side of the sink and plunged to the floor. He was too wet to fly. Stomp on him! Clyde screamed, trying to step on him herself. He scuttled along under the edge of the oven and evaded her. Quick! She ordered, stomp him! I half-heartedly tried to obey, but only managed to kick him across the tiles. He regained balance and flap-crawled into the living room, squawking the whole way. Clytie wrapped her bleeding hand in a towel, armed herself with a butcher knife, and we both went into the living room. I said, I'm not so sure about this, Clytie." The parakeet exclaimed, "'I've had enough!' he scolded. "'There's no forgiving either of you now. I won't let you off!' We heard him threatening, but it took a while to figure out where he was hiding. He was behind the bookcase, a big one crammed with books and impossible to move. As Clyde scattered books onto the floor, the parakeet hopped to the other shelves and behind other books." Soon there were so many books on the floor we could hardly walk in the living room. The bird had gotten to the very top shelf near the ceiling and was still threatening our lives. "'You've sided with the villain of the story, you cunt,' the bird said to me. "'I was only living my life in that cramped cage causing nobody grief, "'and because I talk in my sleep and think big thoughts she wants to kill me. "'Is that brave or something?' If you were small as mice, you wouldn't think nothing of a life like mine. It's because you're big, abusive bullies. Bullies deserve to die. When I finish you off, I won't even feel guilty. It will be self-defense. Say your prayers, you stupid bitches. Oh, yeah? And how do you propose to do it, huh? Big talk for a stupid chicken-shitted little creep who can't even come down from up there. The parakeet took the bait he dive-bombed right around the swishing butcher knife and went straight for Clyde's eyes. She was swinging the knife so wildly I didn't dare get close enough to help. Then she stumbled over the books and fell on her stomach, groaning. When she rolled over, I saw the butcher knife deep in her gut. Blood was getting all over the books. She kicked her legs three times, then lay still staring at the ceiling the parakeet ruffled its drying feathers as it stood on one of the emptied shelves he said now it's your turn cunt i backed toward the door the parakeet strutted back and forth on that one shelf muttering to himself in a crazed manner he didn't dash at me however i slipped out and slammed the door behind me I called the police from a neighboring apartment. When they came, we went into Clytie's place. There was Clytie, sprawled out on her books, blood on everything. The lamp turned over. The police officers gawped at the bloody towel, the track of blood from the kitchen, the ragged, crimson streak at Clytie's wrists, one of her staring eyes strangely swollen. The parakeet did it, I said. The police officers looked at the silent bird upon the rod, then looked to me.